Chelsea. Uh, I love rugby league. I know you do. I'm getting all fired up. I'm all fired up and lonesome. Round two, 2022 is done. And what a tremendous round of rugby league it was. So much to love about it. Manly. On the bottom of the table, the old fire-up intro had a beautiful grab of friend of the show, Warren Smith, saying, and Manly slumped to eighth on the ladder. Fans of Fire Up loved that quote. Well, now Manly are dead last. And on Saturday, the triumphant return of Rugby League to Shark Park. And after two years' absence of human habitation, I can tell you the toxic swamp is even more toxic. It's... Thanks. The joint is riddled with mosquitoes and I was terrified of contracting Japanese encephalitis. But what a masterpiece of postmodern dystopian art it has become. The top of the Peter Burns stand is in immaculate disrepair. King One is closed and you can see the empty chairs and the construction detritus all through it. Scaffold art, installations either side of it to really highlight the dilapidation. And let me tell you, that track clearly wasn't flat. And the Eels, the big club who get all the good calls, according to Titans coach Justin Holbrook, did not love it. They didn't love Mitchell Moses being forced to actually play rugby league either. And they came up against a Nico Hines doing it for the love of his mate. Love rugby league. And the Newcastle Knights are on top of the table. The Newcastle Knights of all clubs, not the Storms, not the Roosters, the lovable people's team, the Newcastle Knights. Newcastle is built on rugby league. Newcastle loves rugby league. And we all know no matter how much you love rugby league, rugby league doesn't love you back. And yet they're at the top of the table. And the Broncos unleashed Adam Reynolds on the poor old Bulldogs at his former home ground, Stadium Australia. That's right, Chris, the Olympic Stadium, Australia's home of sport. And what did Adam say about leaving Pat's Rabbitohs? The team he thought he'd be with for life as a born and raised bunny that bleeds Cardinal Myrtle. He said, I wasn't getting any love at the Rabbits, but I'm getting a lot of love at the Broncos. The good father-son coach half combo Kevin Billy Walters, as against the evil father-son coach half duo, are filling Brisbane with love. And on Fox Sports, a strange skit with Hetch and Findy, or whatever they call themselves, makes a bizarre allusion to Cam Munster about Anastasia Palaszczuk and Braith, a man filled with love for his new client Cam, better human Munster, steps in to have it pulled off air, pulled out of the highlights of the show, pulled off socials, pulled off the internet altogether. This is the greatest pulling off since Doug Murray was the only person ever to be pulled off live on air by Kerry Packer. But there was one mystery this week alluded to by the great Gus Gould. Volandis, who's been glaringly and conspicuously absent, dispensed with the second referee during COVID. But he's brought in, as Gus suggests, a second bunker? And then there's the addition of a medical bunker. I'm Dennis Carnahan here, joined in the loser's lounge by Redfern Pat at the controls and the bravest, most resilient Chris Gale as we fire up our third fire up podcast of the 2022 season. I put the question to you, Chris Gale. How many bunkers does Volandis now have and how many more bunkers is Volandis planning? I don't know the answer, Dennis Carnahan. 
But I do know this. Like everyone in the media, I am relying on leak material from WhatsApp. And I've been in a few discussions, and the current number of Volander Spunkers sits at around between four to six. Four to six? My sources tell me he's angling to have 17 bunkers in operation to match the 17th NRL franchises. But there is a reason why he has gone, as you said, conspicuously missing. Mm -hmm. There is an 18th bunker very much in his plans. And the reason of that is he's been following the situation, the dire situation in Europe Mm -hmm. with great concern and trepidation. He buys into the World War III theory. There is an 18th nuclear-proof cryogenically operating (laughs) bunker funded by... What else went missing a couple of years ago? The war chest. The NRL war chest. chest. Courtesy of former Chairman Smith. So that is where Peter Volandis is heading. He's heading for the hills, and by heading for the hills, he's heading underground, under the hills. Deep, deep underground. I mean, this the the medical bunker. The medical bunker has been confusing everyone because no one knows. Is it is it part? Of the bunker? Is it in the same building? Is it a different place altogether? Is it at Royal North Shore or, or you know, Prince? What's the the Prince of Wales? Is it? Is You're it such a healthy else? human. You've never been to any of these hospitals, <laughs> but like I, I assume it's part of the Redfern complex. Or, or is it on Macquarie Street with the specialists that make you wait for hours? <laughs> I, that- exactly. I imagine that it probably is in Macquarie Street, and there's a secure tunnel that takes you from the carriage works to the medical bunker. So Which was actually part of Bradfield's plan in the first place. And, of course, the problem is, and why we're having so much delay between said incident and removal of player on the recommendation of the independent witch doctor, is that the medical bunker in Macquarie Street is connected to the real bunker, if that's, if that's an expression in this real, unreal <laughs> season that we're being having pushed down our throats, in carriage works, but it's connected by the NBN. And that's why things are happening so slowly. It's bad quality cable that's holding up the whole shebang. But, yeah, I think that's right. Uh, bunker number three of the proposed 17, leaving the 18th Mystery 101 side, is located in Macquarie Street. Is it, is it perhaps in the, in the abandoned um, old railway tunnel? That was part of again part of Bradfield's thing, and they have that. that there's the big lake underwater, and the and the bell that they use is is that is that where it is? This was the old war cabinet. This was the old war rooms. Well, I think you're probably right, and I tell you what, it does make It'd me make of a, a lot mind of that sense. They should probably name a stand after Bradfield at the new sign up. I shouldn't get into. I'm that surprised, surprised they haven't. Now, so we mentioned the 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 game at the old girl. Yes, where the bunker was called into question. There was an, an interesting little uh, tete-a-tete on the referee's chat where Ash Klein was saying he, he'd lost the bunker. He'd lost comms with the bunker, but he did have match day referee. So I'm not sure which bunker he lost, whether it was both. This is what Gus was saying, because the bunker was ruling was overruling the bunker. He wasn't sure which bunker <laughs> had seniority. But he was saying on the comms, Kevy, Kevy. Of course, friend of the show, Kevin Hayne. Shane Hayne is back in the coach's chair because he's mates with horse. So it's great to have Kevy Hayne back and to see that immaculate tan um, back in the stadiums again. But he said, Kevy, Kevy, did, was there a touch? And he's actually called that it was a line dropout by the Roosters. But then the bunker said, no, 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 Morgan Harper's touched the ball. So it's a 20-metre restart. But then Kevy's like, are you sure? Ash, are you sure? Are you sure? And then Kevy had some broken up communications with saying, oh, no, Morgan, Morgan Harper, no touch. What, Kevy, can you tell me? Morgan Harper, no touch. All in the meantime, if you listen really closely, you can see Morgan Harper standing in the background going, they're talking about me. Hello, 
Is it me you're looking for? There was there was Morgan. I tell you what, Morgan Harper does have a Lionel Richie haircut, doesn't he? <laughs> I believe it is actually Lionel Richie. <laughs> He's walked in and said, "Give me a Richie," <laughs> I believe and it they is. delivered in space and the mustache as well. But that was it was a wonderful thing hearing this communication. Finally, Kevy's like, "No, no, there's no touch." So it went back to the, to the line dropout. So here's another problem because, mm. as we know, the Dark Overlord Peter Valandis is an amateur enthusiast and used to be on those shortwave radios that used to be a thing. <laughs> And so he's actually taken it upon himself to be each game the main, uh, the, the filtering of the various bunker feeds prior to getting to the referee. So he's, a, you're, you're hitting the faders there. So he's hitting the, the wrong DJ. faders. No wonder the whole thing is a disaster. But uh, it doesn't really bode well uh, if we're going to go to 17 bunkers. That's going to be a lot of communications that's going to have to be processed. Uh, by um, Peter Volandis before the referee actually gets some comms. God, can, can you imagine the day when the the Tin Man and the Lion and Dorothy turn up and the Straw Man and pull the curtain back and there's Volandis with all these levers communi- controlling communications? It, it would be no surprise that he actually is the Wizard of Oz <laughs> and the whole thing collapses under its own weight. As I said, I think he's already worked this out. That's why he's disappearing. I mean, I can't even remember who the referee was in the West Tigers-Newcastle Knights game because I blanked the whole thing out of my memory. But I do know that the uh, Newcastle Knights were, uh, I think, on attack and they'd lost the ball and we're all going, wacko, we've defended our line after that poor start yet again. And all of a sudden the referee goes, hang on, really? And then he's got to (laughs) remove someone for an for HIA. HIA. Yes. But um, based on real time elapsed occurred about 15 minutes ago because of the NBN. Yeah. And I think it, it was Camo. Yeah. It, it, well, I think you're right. It was. I, yep. didn't, I didn't recognize him with no, the nude. With that nut. New, new with the nude. Nut. Nut. Oh, he's streamlined, though. And the amount of shine. I always thought he was the fastest end to end of the referees. He must be like putting the beep tests to shame right now. Oh, he's very that. fit. Yeah, yeah. Very fit. So. So this this is like, I guess, one of the ways that they're trying to encourage referees into the profession because it's always an issue getting new referees and, you know, dealing with all the issues that are associated with refereeing. But one of them is there's so few genuine surprises left in life these days. Come and be an NR referee because you will be amazed by what you hear <laughs> over the course of a game. Well, because at that same game you mentioned the West's Tigers. Yes, <laughs> shambles at the moment. Well, as, as Tim Sheen says, well, look at Manly last year, 0-4. Well, I don't think they won the premiership, but still, it is only round two, Dennis. Oh, it is only round two. And yep. yes, the energy levels are down. And do you want me to go into this or what? Were, where are you going well, with this? I was this? more thinking about the fact that the DJ, the DJ at Hunter Stadium has played Fat Bottom Girls, one of my favourite songs, but really? Fat Bottom I'm not sure if it's... Quite what we want to be playing in the, in this uh, woke era comes, of course, from from memory. The nineteen seventy eight album Jazz, I think. Yeah, I think it. Oh, it might have been the opening track, wasn't it? Uh, well, no, I think was it Mustafa was the opening track. Oh, yeah. Out of itself, yeah, yeah, would yeah, also yeah, generate yeah. some discussion in the Indeed modern world. It would. And don't stop me now. Of course, is the mm. uh, the absolute lady down Mazer takeaway track from that record. But yeah, it was paired with Bicycle Race. Uh, race. Yes which came with a poster of the film clip, which was essentially about 50 nude women on bikes going around a speedway track. Yes. So it really was a different different, era, wasn't it? Very different times. And I was hoping that the inevitable social media outrage that the playing of Fat Bottom Girls, which is, you know, so wrong in so many ways, but a very catchy hook, (laughs) would have attracted or drawn attention away from the Tigers. 
who were described in their performance on the weekend as outworked, outmuscled, outplayed. Ooh. And as you know, I'm close to the club, and I can announce that in 2023, <laughs> replacing a show your stripes slogan for the Tigers will, in fact, be West Tigers, we're outworked, we're outmuscled, we're outplayed. outplayed. Were they even brave and resilient? Uh, well, they were certainly beaten, but uh, it, it, it's got worse in the last 24 hours, Dennis, because we're going out on a Tuesday as it happens, and there's been shocking revelations at the Great Northern Hotel, not in Chatswood as I know it, uh, on the corner of Mowbray Road and the Pacific Highway, but up in the Newcastle region, Ooh. that two West Tigers players, Dane Laurie and James Roberts, um, great to see a bit of Jimmy the Jet speed at one point oh, after he briefly, had the leg injury. Yes. That was exciting. Uh, we're seeing... Uh, and the person who dobbed them in, and don't you hate the dobber? Oh, dobbers! I mean, come on! I mean, if you if you want to be a dobber, become an NRL touch judge. That's your job is to dob. First of all, the players were observed in the Great Northern Hotel at nine p.m. and it's a four o'clock start the next day, right? They're gone like by they're 10. late, so you know they're both notoriously sleeper inners. Were, they, and were they on the grog? No alcohol was involved. They were, there was no Burgess-like activity going on. They were just minding their own business. I don't want to get into the Burgess-like activity. Minding the, There's four Burgi. There is. So it could be, I could be talking about eating chickens. I tell, so, what, yeah, let's- I tell you what, they have an unusual way of promoting their 4B clothing brand, don't they, the Burgi? <laughs> uh, no, the, the sum total of their offence, as observed by a Newcastle fan who said, I felt pretty good about the next day based on this observed activity, was at 9 p.m., Roberts and Laurie were seen having a go at the slappers. Having a go at the slappers. Now, Which, is this? Uh, that's an interesting term because back in the seventies, eighties, yeah, well, back in the fat bottom girls' days, right? Yes. But we're not there now, Dennis. It's a reference, of course, to the modern poker machine technique. Ah, oh, because you're slapping the machine. Because they're no longer called one arm bandits because that was ableist, disabled, or whatever. They also haven't had an arm since the thirties. So you now it's press buttons, buttons, apparently, yeah. and and if you're not having a good time. You probably don't caress the buttons. You tend to slap them. Yep. So this has been attributed to an absolute um, decline in the culture of the Tigers. First of all, I'm glad to see a couple of the boys out. Like, you know, like <laughs> bonding. life. Yeah. If, if the fullback can't form a relationship with one of his centres, yeah. uh, we're in huge trouble. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't uh, – West Tigers fans are, are bruised at the moment, Dennis. Well, because right now, as we speak, with 27 minutes ago, so this is about just after 3 o'clock on a Tuesday, Daniel Michael has posted in the Facebook group, Blowing Up Deluxe, which I encourage all our listeners to join. Please do. Uh, Daily Mail UK. I'm standing by Madge, Tim Sheens insists Michael McGuire's job is SAFE, in caps, SAFE, and that talk of West sacking their coaches – in getting inverted commas, jumping the gun as Tigers remain winless following dismal loss against Newcastle. In a couple of years' time, the cliche full support of the board will be replaced by full support of the director of football. <laughs> and it'll have the same meaning. And, and, and the word safe will also have a new meaning. Um, now, the, the, the bunker also got involved in the St George Penrith game. It did. There was, uh, what, what happened there? Well, Jaden Sewer... I think it might have been his birthday, come to think of it. Oh, happy birthday, Jaden. I could be wrong in that. Uh, Whatever it is. (laughs) put in the bin for a late high tackle on Sean O'Sullivan. Yep. I just, I don't know, I keep keep thinking he's a music performer or something, but there he is. He's the replacement halfback for Nathan Cleary. And by the way, Dennis, Mm. I hope you're as outraged as I am because you know I'm no fan of Ivan Cleary. Really? No, but it's been revealed that they're about to extend both Ivan and Nathan for five years at the Penrith Panthers and that Nathan will have to take less money 
as a result of that, then he could get on the open market so that he can play with his dad and his friends. I mean, that's that is extortion. That's blackmail. It's tantamount to child abuse. He's playing for unders. Yeah, and I hope mm. Docs gets involved to protect Nathan Cleary because I stand with Nathan Cleary and he'd be welcome at my club. Uh, but <laughs> so, so Sue has hit him late and high, though. If you look at the video, it doesn't look very late and it doesn't look very high. And Sean O'Sullivan has been poleaxed. Yep. He's lying prostrate on the ground, head looking up. He claims a neck injury, but he's down there for an elapsed time of 60 seconds. The bunker gets involved. Sue is put in the bin. Now, on week one protocols with the independent doctor down the straight off. MBM line, once they, you know, well, stra- not straight off, 15 minutes later, you'll get taken off. Yep. Yep. So this time, O'Sullivan's removed immediately, but not for the entire game, according to the Category A, Category 1, Category B, Category 2 pro- protocols. He returns to the field of play and has a huge part in Penrith hanging on against St. George Illawarra. Has anyone seen any definitions around Category 1, Category 2, Category 3, Category A, Category B, Category C? Is there any... Is of course there not. Any, is, it's, 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 a, just, it's as secret as Volanda's bunker, and it's not transparent, and that's the problem. I tell you what, he was on Matty John's show with Jerome Loy, and he spoke who? very well. Volanda's? No, no, O'Sullivan. O'Sullivan, and, right. And, he, and he's, he explained the game in a way that I think we could all understand, and I, I predict a media career for the kid. See, all I, whenever I hear the name O'Sullivan, I just think about Angel, the play where Chris O'Sullivan called for the ball off the back of the scrum. Angel... Bang, field goal. You'd be the Sorry. only one. Anyway, he claimed a neck burner. So so I think what this adds up to is that these faceless people, whoever they are in whatever bunkers there are, are controlling the game, our destiny, and in the end, Dennis, our joy. I mean, these days you can't rely on the players that you're watching actually being allowed to continue to be in the game even though they've been on the field without incident for several minutes. So we don't. So at anyone, at any point, at any time could just be plucked. The Wizard of Oz could just pluck a player from the field. I've seen something. Off a of Hengawi. Oh, he got a little bit of a brush of the foot on the thing. Plucked. Jack Bird, bleeding nose. You're gone. Plucked. David Nofaluma, God knows what that was 15 minutes for. later, even 10 minutes after the game, you're plucked. The game's Every over. Every single try that it's, gets awarded gets the reviewed. The crowd goes you up. You can't go up. Like, everyone is prematurely celebrating. I'm looking for something out of that game. And Uta Kamano reprised his try up at McDonald Jones Stadium from the previous year. Taken away from him. Oh. The absolute genius that is Adam Reynolds, you know, oh, NFL extra point love. style through between the legs to Katoni Staggs. Try taken away from us. Awarded on the field, taken away. Now, another another faceless man that's having a big influence on the game is Justin Hems. Well. And he's having a tr- – so he's taken over the catering at the old girl. So back to the Sydney the, – the Roosters Manly game. By the way, I didn't see you at the Silver Party the other night. The Silver Party. Justin Hems and his delightful partner, Maddie Holtznagel. And I just want to send a personal hello to Maddie. <laughs> we're, we're good friends. Um, and for once, I'm not making it. Well, I'm kind of making that up. A, and she's obviously a listener to fire <laughs> that's, up. That's right. Can't get enough of it. You regularly see her on the uh, So that was the, that was the Hems group. bash that was probably the substitute for the cancelled Boxing Day thing that I kind of got invited to, but right. probably wouldn't have the guts to turn up. Uh, yeah, so now just tell Hems, me, at, at the Silver Party, yes. um, did Justin Hems, did he serve pies? Well, as you alluded to, he's taken over the catering responsibilities at the old girl. Mm-hmm. And there was huge controversy with the flames of the fire fanned by Buzz the previous week uh, about the fact that there were huge queues and whatever and catering outlets They've shut the Barongal stand. Yeah. All the food outlets, they've shut it. Crazy. So I'm in the O'Reilly stand. Mm. 
probably up for a renaming. And <laughs> normally I just step from where I sit and there's all the food offerings. I've got to walk, I don't know, 40 metres oh. to actually get something. Oh, you poor dear. To come back, that's 80 metres all up. Yeah. Right. And then I'm looking forward because we have been inculcated into loving brand product at the football. You go, you know, I'm, I'm on whatever diet I'm on at the time, the, mm. the 5-2 or the, you know, the Atkins or whatever it is. But yeah. I always go, free pass, football, 4 and 20 pie, bring it on. Even, and, even a Galo. Yeah. A Galo, Galo fantastic. Galo. A lot of places have the Galo. A Villies. A Villies. Love a Villies, right? Yeah. It's sausage rolls included. I go up to the concession stand. There was very little on offer, but there were two meat pies wrapped in plastic, <laughs> like Laura Palmer. No branding on them, mm-hmm. right? And you know what they are? They're gourmet pies. Oh. Right? Yeah. So I've taken it back. I've taken one for a former producer of this show, Dave Brooker, to, you know, as a gift. He's sort of looked askance and turned his nose up and I quite understand why. I've momentarily placed said pie on my shorts mm. uh, as I'm sort of, you know, you know, answering calls from Matty Holtznagel. And I've got the grease stain, Dennis. From the through oh, from, the plastic. Through the plastic. It's oozed. Oh, it's, through it's, the plastic. it's permeated through that membrane. So how many times have you washed those shorts since? Is three or four times? Not yet, because it's such a good story. <laughs> so you see that's it's not what you normally think it is. It's something different, right? <laughs> And then, of course, I, I, I apply the sauce, and they still, it's those sort of, you've got to rip those little. Plastic. Oh, and they go everywhere. Whereas I love the squeeze, mate. Yeah. With the, with the aperture. Little perfect. Pinch. Oh, perfect. Yep. And then um, I take my first bite, and the entire top pastry top separates from the pie. So the shoddy workmanship. The bit of the pastry with the sauce is now separate from the pie. I've got to try to oh. reassemble. And then this is what gourmet means stringy beef chunks that I'm happy to accept in a goulash. Yeah. But I don't want it at a major rugby league event like uh, a game at the Sydney Cricket Ground. So stringy. So this means it's it's a it's a cheap piece of meat, but it's a big piece of cheap meat. I have We're my co- neck or something. I had my COVID booster and I don't want to get political, Dennis, but I encourage everyone to get one if they have it. Oh, I had mine months ago. Yeah, I, I, I got COVID, ahead. so I had to wait. Had, yeah. I, I was put on the six week, you know, waiting wow. period. And so I had the COVID booster on Friday, felt a million bucks, went out of the football, had a hems pie, woke up my entire <laughs> Upper body was aching. And it wasn't the booster, Dennis. It was the meat pie. And it was worse. Can I? I'm on my high horse now. Please. Right. Because I expect to go to the football. I mean, you're working. You Mm. probably don't get this full 360 degree experience like I do because you're so focused. NRL 360. Is that right? You're focused, right? Oh, absolutely. You may not have seen this. The advertising hoardings, the electronic advertising hoardings. No, I did see that. I was quite shocked by the advertising hoardings. They were, they were flashing white. So this, but this wasn't an advertising thing. This was a malfunction. So they were just flashing bright white. And we were seeing it up in the booth. And I was all I could think was, if I'm at the cinema, if, I, if, if you walk into a nightclub that's going to have strobes, it says, warning, we have strobes here. People who are susceptible, who are, you know, have medical issues because of this, you might want to not come in. If I w- watch Rage of an Evening, there's a warning. Yeah. There are strobing effects. There's also warnings about nudity. And um, what's the other thing they always talk 
took bad language, bad language, nudity, and something else. And I go, how good is this? I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. But there was no warning About that if I was susceptible effects. to strobing, I, my eyes could have been going in all sorts of directions after half an hour at the cricket ground. It was it was an unsafe environment that was compounded, Dennis, <laughs> by the storms. The storms. The storms. The of thunder, thunder and lightning. They're supposed to be playing against the Rabbitohs, and the storms turned up. Sydney, we, there was one point at half time. We're looking across from the Rongle. I could not see the O'Reilly stand. I literally couldn't see. You it. thought you were in Wigan. It was astonishing. And, 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 and like like every Manly fan that was there, and I'm not one of those. But the call went up to Ashley Klein, who you've already mentioned is just so confused by all the inputs coming from various friends of the show. Ashley Klein, Valandis, to call the game. It was mm. unsafe. I would imagine. If, I mean, Victor Radley was on report. Imagine if you got electrocuted as well. You know, hit by lightning. It was just, and they cancelled the SGG ball at Leichhardt because at Leichhardt Oval they care about the players. Oh, you mean the SG ball. SG ball. What did I say? <laughs> you said SCG ball. SCG ball. Well, that's their that annual fundraiser. A couple of weeks ago. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, whereas the Sydney Roosters and the NRL showing scant regard for their players, Dennis. So, fix up the pies, fix up the hoardings, fix up the game day conditions. Well, I've got a first for fire up. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Meanwhile, on the Gold Coast, there were two highlights. <laughs> two highlights. In the past, there's been one, which was actually it's, it's all I can think of is um, Josh Papali. Sorry, he was then Josh Papali'i. Yes, he's Josh Papali'i at that time, chasing down um, our, your, new, our your, halfback. Your number one halfback, <laughs> Jamal Fogarty. So, but on Saturday night, there were two highlights coming out of the Gold Coast, Chris. Pretty simple. Matt Lodge, Ralphing. As is my, my choice of upchucking, so, so he vomiting. Got it, he got it wrong. Instead of firing up, he was chucking up. Yeah, he was. And if you get on our socials, you'll see a GIF which shows you what actually caused that inconvenient. Is Hems <laughs> catering? I, I tell you what, I was like looking in the mirror. I said, that's me going home from the cricket ground and uh, after my experience with the gourmet pie. But- there was a great moment where new boon winger Greg Marzu, if that's mm-hmm. the right way of saying it, I think it's a je. Marzu. Yeah, uh, bullocks over for a try, and we hear a tremendous call here from Fox's Andrew Voss, friend of the show, friend of the show, and a little bit of alternative rock and roll culture reference as well. And now it's the chance for the Titans. Better than a chance. Greg will not stop at a stop sign. Greg Marzio has scored for the Titans. The guy who slagged the football team, those jobs were not for him. He turns into a real estate agent who believes in discipline. The guy who's first to use cocaine, the wild boy breaking free. He'll end up in a court of law as a prosecuting QC. Remember the school captain? Success was a matter of time. I can hear her now as she screams. Greg, you missed the stop sign. Forget Snoop Doggy Dog. Forget old ice tea. The true word out on the streets is produced by the DAC. What's the use of striving? Life's road in front of rebels. We get to do the driving. Don't choose the direction we travel. Thirty-two metres out from the Newcastle line, set of field. With Fifteen minutes gone in the second half. Twenty minutes to go. 
I reckon Tonegato is going to score here. I just had a premonition. Have you? Mm. Let's see. Now I'm excited. Scrum fed in one target. Gives it away to Tonegato. She's over the 30. Beats one. Beats two. Guilty. You're for a rank with a capital threat. Emma Tonegato scores. Are you kidding me? What are the lotto numbers? St George Illawarra 22, Newcastle 4, Emma Tonegato the try. Now how's that for love? That's Johnny Gibbs who, he's going to be a guest on this show. He's, I'm going to call him a friend of the show even though he's yet to come on. But he's just, that was a live recording of him predicting it. And he's then gone on to say, I could see the way she was lurking. She was looking, she's been playing all that. She's been looking at a gap and she just went. And within seconds of him saying it. Over he goes. Don't we love a premonition? We certainly do. And good times for the NRLW. A couple of cracking games. Of course, the Gold Coast got up over the Brisbane oh, Broncos. We saw that second loss ever. Yeah, hadn't lost for a couple of years, but then who's been playing for the last couple of years? And mm. uh, another thriller between the Sydney Roosters <laughs> and the Parramatta Eels, uh, where the Roosters actually sealed the, the win with the field goal. So mm. it was um, very exciting. Oh, it was time. exciting. But uh, speaking of love... We always do. The, the, the rundown of this show... Listeners, each each Monday night, Chris sends out the rundown. He sends out what he believes are the pertinent matters, and he goes through the games. He did leave one game off the rundown, and it was the Raiders-Cows game on Saturday night. And it was thank my gift you, to you, Dennis. Thank you, Chris. What a remarkable act of love on your part. But I, I do have to mention one thing in that game. Joey Atkins, who we were talking about before, Grant Atkins, son of uh, you know Graham Atkins. Great Parramatta um, Eels winger. Eels winger scored the try that put them ahead when Gus Gould failed to find touch Ooh, in the grand final 81. for the Jets. Uh, it was Graham Atkins that caught the ball, ran away and scored and took the lead. Um, but he was having a great night with the scrums. And Joey's a keen bird watcher, by the way. I just thought we should put that in there. Um, but he, the props, they're all having a bit of push and shove in the scrums and they kept failing to pack it. And Joey's come has said, and I quote, come on, your prop forwards. This is a key part of your skill set. You trained for this. <laughs> and he said it absolutely deadpan. And then the next scrum, he's come out and said, boys, it's not rugby. These are simple scrums. Get on with it. I tell you what. Shout out to Joey Atkins. Shout out to Joey. Shout out to Steve Mascord. Um, we love Steve Mascord. Two Tribes, fantastic book. But he was lamenting the fact that the expression versus is now how we say. So it's... Uh, it's, it's not versus, it's, it's verse. No, no, Versing. Yeah, it's yeah, right. So it's Raiders versus yeah. Cowboys. And he says, Is this a thing now? And I said, It's you know, it's that ship sailed about he's been out of the country five yeah. years ago. So um uh the the sort of the nuances of language of rugby league uh, are changing all the time. First I noticed that was under sixes, under sevens in it, when my little boy was playing, two thousand six, two thousand that people were saying, Who are we versing this week? Oh, I know it's a it's it's a problem. No, it's not a problem at all. I believe it. grammar grammar language they should evolve. That's part of culture. They grow. They change. It's wonderful. Um, but one thing that doesn't change is how much of a toxic swamp, as I mentioned. Really was on the nose, huh? Oh, it stank. Like the, there's there's the drain. They haven't drained the swamp properly, and there's there's the mangroves there. And like mangroves are a very important part of the ecosystem. They are the filters. They filter the rubbish out. So the mangroves, and they clean the water as it goes out. They're a really important part, but they necessarily stink. Right. So you're saying that this was actually a chemical, physical phenomenon. It's not the stench of Sharky's corruption around. <laughs> 
the failure to deliver the roller coaster that they were going to build down there and attracted all that investment money. I'm saying this is a physical. Is, is that thing built? I mean, are those apartments that mixed residential. So the ones on the west side thing. Are, yes. And, and there's actually quite a nice little coffee shop in there, I have to say. Um, and I, I was walking around going, these look all right. I could live. I wonder what the view's like. And then you see what the view is. And it's mangrove swamps. Mangrove yeah. swamps ain't pretty. And then the wind comes in. And, and goes, the wind comes in. You're on the bayou. <laughs> I tell you what, though. I mean, you, you, there is an opportunity if they are having trouble shifting those units. If, if I got a, an opportunity to sort of buy the Ken Madison apartment <laughs> or the Sorensen's sort of jewel. The Sorensen suites. Yeah, the Sorensen suites would be fantastic. <laughs> You know, yep. you'd buy that for the family. You'd, and then you'd just theme have, everything, you know, the, the Barry Andrews Cafe. There'd be a small, yeah. the Jonathan Docking Suite. The the, the Greg Pierce Wave yeah, Pool. You'd probably have a, you'd have a Gavin, the Gavin Miller Suite, which would have a bit of a bend in it somewhere. <laughs> That's right. It'd be like an L shape. <laughs> but it would go on. It, it would never stop, yeah, the, the, the Gavin Miller one. Terrific. Oh, oh, tremendous. A great Huge motor. engine. Huge so, engine. So what did you see in the uh, Sharks? Well, I was lying on the couch recovering from my pie. I mean, <laughs> like everyone, the ScoMo voodoo hands uh. on the conversion attempt, which is in classic Cronulla Sutherland fashion. And, you know, at one stage they were my second favourite team. It's a long, long time ago, mm. probably it's just because this around is, the year of some of those players. Just I was because they about. broke up the Dragons. Yeah, but yeah. I think what they've done is, like, happens a lot in Australia, is they appropriate an American sports thing. And from my memory, basketball fans will do the voodoo hands yeah. in order to put the free throw off yeah, the guy taking the free throw off making it, but now it's meant to be Helping drawing on something good juju to get the kick over. Yeah, okay. And one with Nico out, Hines, they need everything. No, no, they need everything they can get. He got, right, he got one out of four. So I'm suspecting the voodoo hands normally would work, yeah. but there was one dirty <laughs> bit of voodoo in there. It, it upset manufactured it. Manufactured voodoo yeah. attempt. He's he's had research groups and they've gone through and focus groups has gone. You should do this. My friend Felix went to a wine machine festival on the weekend and he said. Pinal, Nick Littlemore, up on the big screen, clapping everyone in the song, completely out of time. And very similarly, I think if you look around everyone around ScoMo, all those hands are moving synchronously uh. with the exception of ScoMo's. They're out of beat. But he's just looking for photo opportunities because he's trying to revive Daggy Dad from 2018 because <laughs> the way the way these polls are going right now, he needs something. Um, the actual... Look, you mentioned it in your opening monologue, and you know I generally don't listen to your opening monologue, so I just <laughs> no, for whatever reason I caught a bit of it. But where that Leeds club used to be in the King Wan and that whole deal, Captain's Disco, <laughs> we, we had a great night there one time in the very early eighties. It looked to me like the George Pompidou Centre from from Paris, France. I mean, <laughs> the whole thing, this extension is like scaffolding chic. You know when you go to New York and every Streets got scaffolding up like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, like it's, it's, a, it's a continuous work in progress. The Big mm. Apple will never actually be complete. Finished. It's always no. got bites out of it. <laughs> what are they building there? I mean, it's an old Tom Waits song. What's he building in there? What are they building out there at Points Bet Stadium, Dennis? It, it seems like they're building a car park. <laughs> is that, you swear to God, is that <laughs> what it is? It, it really, this is the, apparently what's happening is they're building a car park. There, there is a whisper and an allegation that they've got some coin from somewhere and they're actually going to knock the whole thing down. And so it's a question mark, why are they back there now? Why are they not knocking it down? Because it, it is, it does have some charm to it. And I do. I have to say, it, the fa- Sharkies fans out there—they're actually a friendly bunch, even when they're losing. There's, they've got a bad reputation, which I think is unearned. And even when they're losing, I remember being there in a, at a Raiders game. The Raiders lost. Surprise, surprise. I'm, I'm accustomed to it. But there was a dodgy forward pass call, and it was a, the game where Ricky 
touch judge Ricky lifted his flag and put it down again. So the Raiders have stopped because the touch judge's flag's gone up. He's realised it was a mistake. And the Sharks have scored. And the Raiders are like, whoa, hang on. The touchy flag was up. And the try was awarded. Was there a Katoa involved in this? There could have been, yes. I think there was. And I'm trying to think who Ricky was. And Ricky, the, the, the referees weren't sent to New South Wales Cup, but the touch judge was. Then there was a forward pass called. And I was standing in line with it. And there was no floating over the ground. There was no trajectory. It went from the try line side of the 20-metre line behind the 20-metre It travelled backwards over the ground. And the, the touch judge, no, the second ref has called it forward. And you could see Jerry Sutton put his head in his hands because the second referee is not allowed to call forward passes. He no. can recommend it. But it was a – I'm standing there with Sharkies fans and a couple of Raiders fans, and these guys are like, oh, dude, you guys should have won this. That was that was not forward. That was like – no, They, they was, always say that when they win. Well, no. Everyone's magnanimous to the defeated opposition. I've been there when – No the, one ever means it, Dennis. I've been there when the Raiders have won. I don't believe that you're taking some recourse no, in that. I have been there when the Raiders have won, and they're magnanimous then. So I actually, I actually like Shark Park. I like the Sharks people, but – it's complete shimmels. They deserve better. The people of the Shire, they're represented by the Prime Minister. They deserve better. Well, Newtown Jets are their feeder club. And are they trying to reprise that you can go watch games at Henson Park? See a run out there April 9 Beer Footy Food Festival Ooh. where PWA wrestling will also be part of the entertainment. Uh, and they'll allow about 60 cars to sort of drive up to the car park oh, and look straight on the field. Great. That'll be great. Um the other things that jumped out of that game, Mitch Moses has revived the chip and chase. Mm, Mitch uh, Moses, and, there's, and Parramatta have officially complained to the NRL about Mitch Moses being bullied. Yes. The flat track bully well, being bullied. You I, can't bully the flat track bully. I'll be coming to that in a later segment, Dennis. Oh, and, uh, and, of course, that revives, to me, great memories of Phil Blake. And it also reminds me that I can't think of anyone else who could ever do the chip and chase apart from Phil Blake. A proper chip. And, there's people who can kick through, but an actual chip and chase. He's no. one trick, he's the, he was the man. And the other thing was Hamlin Newelli, who God love Hamlin did the magnificent little wrestling pastiche in scoring the try last year. That was that was the best try celebration of all time. Unbelievable! Everyone was completely full. And who was his mate who took the hit? Oh, some guy who's gone back to the Jets. I reckon I can't because he that, he was magnificent. And he's playing out of his skin. And in the lead up to the game, he revealed that he'd suffered from COVID in mm. December, but he feels great now. And he says, "I got it either at Northies." The Vinyl Room or from the boys. What's the Vinyl Room? Well, the Vinyl Room is a venue that's been a nightclub since 1983. It's uh, We pride ourselves on the service and the atmosphere, a place to meet for the 25 to 30 plus age group. Pat, are you listening? And a place to dance the night away. The Vinyl Room is a great after-dinner venue with friendly and efficient bar staff. You would have no trouble getting to the vinyl room. For those driving, we have a council car park just next to our venue. The train station is only 100 metres away and we proudly support the Shire Shuttle, which operates on Friday and Saturday nights, taking patrons from Canala to Engadine and back again. (laughs) If Fire Up doesn't get itself down to the vinyl room before this season is out, we've let you all down and we'd love to report back from it. We definitely need to go to the vinyl room. It's... uh well, as we're now both triple vaxxed, Pat, are you triple vaxxed? Absolutely. We'll go down there, wear the N95s, and we'll be fine because we don't want to catch COVID, which obviously is a hotbed. There was, of course, a game between Souths and Melbourne, and Pat, um, it's probably a bit sad about that. Do we do we need to speak about it or do we just leave it? There was a couple of issues in there. I mean, there was the, the wonderful interview that – was it Brad Fittler that did the interview with the woman who makes the banners? Yeah, the, the couple are responsible for the banner, and he goes, he tried to trick them into telling him what would be on the banner. 
And they go, no, 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 we can't tell you. It's a Cause, secret. Because this night was a wonderful thing. It was Craig Bellamy's 500th game, wasn't it? It was. And I want to talk about that in a moment. Yeah. And, and, and the secret banner that she was saying, no, no, no. And he said, oh, are you sure? What's on the banner? Oh, what's on? He was very tricky. Tried to he, trick he, them. Tell you what, he'd be a wonderful cross-examiner. They were on to him. And by the way, the rivalry round that sees the Roosters play the Rabbits this weekend, I received a lovely invitation from the men at league to go uh, see that game out at Acor Stadium, as it's now known. I can't because I'm going, Chicken to, Stadium. I'm going to the Tigers. Mm. But uh, you were asked to assemble in the brand Fittler room. In brand the new Fittler. D- development of excellence. And that pretty much says it all. I don't think that's a mistake. I think it actually is called the brand Fittler room. Well, I think from now on it should be referred to as brand Fittler. Anyway. Because he, he is a brand. Brand couldn't trick them into revealing was what was on the banner. And Dennis, what was on the banner? Uh, I believe it was congratulations on 500 games. They just said Craig, Craig Bellamy, Bellamy 500 games. So <laughs> terrific. Oh, secret. What a secret. And, and, and all the extraordinary- How long do you think it took them to come <laughs> up with that? How many focus groups did they have? And all the extraordinary comings and goings of that game have been well documented. Simply to say that obviously it went down to the wire, courtesy of the Peter Volandis construct that is the two-point field goal that I've been outraged about for years now. But at least it generated a little bit of the future in the sense that when Luttrell, who, um, you know, has talked about, you know, the beast. and Oh, know, yes. Like he's Bruce Banner or something like that. And, uh, you know, you've got to get the beast and control him. And then, of course, he says there are various versions of Luttrell, like Origin Luttrell, Independent Latrell. And who's saying this? Latrell. Latrell is saying this. That's right. This. He, he talks about, I've got to control the beast in order to produce Origin Latrell. So Latrell is talking about multiple Latrells yeah, in the third correct. person. Correct. And he says Origin Latrell can cope with a little bit more beast than a regular season Latrell because let's face it, you can get away with more in Origin, is what he's saying. Which Latrell was saying this? Well, could it be independent Latrell? Independent Latrell was talking yeah. about Origin Latrell and Beast Latrell. And there's been a lot of talk, of course, about, you know, back in the days when he was in the Roosters too often, he was the Ferrari parked in the garage a la Joey yep. Johns, which they're now applying to Katoni Staggs. It's a good metaphor. Keep it going. Yeah. And the way he was kicking goals that were <laughs> on this particular evening was more like Lada Latrell. Lada <laughs> Latrell. But right at the death, he's come out with Ferrari Latrell and kicked the field goal, right? And this was, of course, what you hate. This was the Volandis, it, it the makes, Volandis field goal. Yeah. The two what, what's a try worth goal? in front of the sticks? Four points. What's a try worth in the corner? Four points. What's a try worth, a goal worth in front of the sticks? Two points. What's a goal worth from the sideline? Two points. Anyway. You're calling for consistency. <laughs> I'm calling for consistency. You're in the wrong game. I'm, I'm a lone <laughs> voice in the wind, right? Because it's all exciting. It's not that exciting waiting to see whether the try has been awarded. But anyway, uh, Latrell's gone out and he's pied up and Hulk Hogan style, he's gone hand of the year and he goes, where are you? And of course, the answer to that, we're in the stand because apparently some of the Melbourne fans were booing him. Ooh. And Drew Hutchinson has said, that won't happen on rivalry round Roosters versus Rabbits. He says, the Roosters fans, it's not their go. <laughs> so, so we'll see how that turns out. I have to say, it's one of the most beautiful sounds, the Roosters and the Storms fans, when they're booing, yep. it's a wonderful, joyous noise. And then the hectic cheese, the block mm. of cheese, Brandon yeah. Siff himself was then observed in the post-match on-field gathering. In his suit. Catch-up. <laughs> just mimicking Luttrell momentarily. And, of course, the tabloid media has picked it up. Souths are blown up that it's disrespectful. Yeah. I don't know how that compares to Luttrell's original gesture. Well, do you know what Twitter Luttrell has said? No. 
Nice one, cheese. You got me good. Laughter face emojo, laughter face emojo, laughter face emojo. So, so Twitter Latrell thought it was funny and a fair go and a fair cop. And Twitter Latrell got it. And I believe that Twitter Latrell actually speaks for all Latrells. Absolutely. Let's just call him Diplomat Latrell and be done with it. <laughs> but I tell you what, though, the cheekiness of Brandon Smith means that he is listening at night to those sleep tapes from St. Robbo about what is the rooster's way. <laughs> the rooster's way. Now, Bellamy was saying during his thing, he was talking about his um, tying a double knot in his shorts. So in the lead up to Bellamy's 500th game, uh, an extensive article was written about how much hazing, and I call it bullying, that um, yep. Bellamy suffers at the hands of the Storms players. We've all seen it. Mm. The tyre incident, the, oh, yeah. the rocks in the bag. Rocks in the bag. He's constantly yep. being dacked, apparently. Yeah. Um, in any other workplace, this this would this would why is rugby league not subject to IHS rules? This is the question know. that comes out of today. But anyway, uh, he has a breaking point, and that breaking point was identified by Ryan Hinchcliffe in 2009 with what has forever been known as the pineapple speech. <laughs> Can I just copy you in on the pineapple speech? Please. Uh, according to Hinchcliffe, we were playing a team whose coach, and I won't name him, I'm thinking... Ricky Stewart. Yeah, Wayne Bennett. Uh, but he spoke publicly in the lead up about wanting to be a thorn in our side. So when we were only minutes away from playing, all ready to go and listening to Craig's pregame address, he says, right, they want to be a thorn on our side? Righto. Well, how about we be a pineapple up their ass? Oh, so ass comes back into rugby league after only, after an absence three, of, what, three days? Three weeks away. <laughs> three weeks in a row. Heathcliff says, eyes were shooting everywhere. <laughs> 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 a little bit like Sean O'Sullivan after the supposedly late hit from Sewer, and it was just all put on. Everyone looked around and said, did he really just say pineapple up the ass?" And uh, unfortunately, Will Chambers, who loves a giggle, started giggling, and that was it. Bellamy spray. Oh, He has a breaking point, and it is a formally known as the pineapple speech point of inflection. Well, what a lovely way to end this segment. And speaking of love, there's a player at the Raiders... And, and the Raiders are all about love. They're all about family and they're all about love. And this man, he's all about heart. Ricky needed a number one. After Anthony Milford had flown, then Rappanar tried. But he wasn't quite right. So they signed James Tedesco, but he backflipped. They gave Jack White a go, Jack's best at six. They still needed a number one. When Andrew McFadden came home, he said, I'll fix that. Signed Nichols Clarkstad He's stuck behind RTS He's worth a try He gives his very best Every single time Take a chance on chance Take a chance on chance Oh, when he runs It's like he's dancing You never see him walking He keeps the night together to make a line break Not sure about his haircut The long hair suited better But you know there is No one as pure as him But he was unfairly sent to the pin It was tragic He even plays through pain At the end of the game The one on injured part His charms is hard He changed the way we should say his name He's still C and K, but now it's Charles Nichols Bluestar. 
I do love Charms. Now, we'd normally bring Redfern Pat in here for Media Watch, but his content is so hot that we've been recommended that he actually does it in a separate location, and we have three lawyers lined up to listen to it. So we're not going to hear it until it goes to air. So take it away, remote Redfern Pat. Well, I trust Danny Wilder. Yeah, well... It's so important with regards to you're right. I got the wrong, yes. wrong game. Call you five today. No. I call you five today, Jim. Um, I have no intelligence. That's what I'm suggesting. Paddy, what are you doing? You're killing me. Yeah, sorry there to Usman and everyone who listened last week. There was a couple of technical issues. Sorry about that. Also, last week we were talking about theatre of the mind and not and showing, not telling. So I looked at Michael Ennis, and if you just shut your eyes and just try and imagine what's going on here. And the dogs have responded. The dogs are in front. Marshall King's got the dogs in front. Jeremy Marshall King, he's got the dogs in front. So based on that, you might think that maybe Michael Ennis doesn't really understand how television works. So I've dug a bit deeper on Michael Ennis. Herbie and Coates, watch this. Look at this. Beautiful. The Panthers are in. Watch this. Just shades of, of Tony Lockett. Plugger. Just. So maybe Michael Ennis' problem is that he just doesn't understand how television works. So Michael, if you're talking to me through TV, you don't need to tell me to watch because I'm already watching. But then again, Michael Ennis, is, his first job is as an assistant coach, not as a media personality. So maybe it's his analysis uh, that, that pulls through better. The little skip here on the outside, bang. Just skipping wide, bang. That was so good to watch. He just went bang, bang, straight off his left. So if we want analysis, maybe we need to go to the best. So Flano, Shane Flanagan, former head coach, premiership winning coach on Fox Sports, is considered to be one of the better um, analysts at Fox Sports. And just to pass, that's all it is. Over the last... Uh, the year or so of the show, we have been looking at Matt Thompson, trying to work out anything we really can about Matt Thompson. Um, and over the last few weeks on Gus, he has been trying to add more of his personality to the show. Um, and if you heard this, perhaps on, on Life and Times a couple of weeks ago. You don't want to be in my dreams. I don't want to be in your bed. You don't want to talk. Are you trying to run away from someone who's after you with a knife? You get that one? No. So that's Matt Thompson trying to add a little bit more of his personality to the show. Um, and it's maybe thinking that maybe we don't want Matt Thompson personality. Maybe there's a reason why uh, they haven't put him forward. And Danica Mason, his co-worker, gave us some insight to maybe uh, there is such a thing as too much Matt Thompson. Hello and welcome to Immortal Behaviour for this week. Joey, good to see you again. Good to see you. Back. Back after a week off, Matt Thompson warmed the seat. I can still smell the brute. <laughs> <laughs> it's not over yet, ladies and gentlemen. The fat lady has not started singing yet. Well, that was tremendous, Pat. One of your best. 
So let's get to our new favourite he- segment. Heavily redacted, mind you. Heavily redacted. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I loved hearing it. Um, you're in, you're our- in charge of it. Did you play the full 30-minute version? <laughs> <laughs> I, I doubled it up. But our new favourite segment. I walked into the change rooms there. I got 47 texts. I never turned my phone on after the game, but I thought I just wanted to make sure I wasn't wrong in what I was thinking tonight. 47 <laughs> texts. Every one of those texts agreed with every fan out there and everything I believe in. I thought it's a strategy in the World Poker Tournament is you go 47 Texas and <laughs> turns out it's not that at all. So what Texas have you got? So we were this new stand at SFS. Mm-hmm. So it was going to be, so we got the Ron Coote stand and we had- what the was Garrison. The, no, that's the Garrison gone. stand. Yeah, that's the- that's I got a, rid of that apparently. That's, yep. that's gone. Yep. So we got a free stand at the, at the new girl. So we're calling it the new girl. Yeah, I don't know I like that, that that terminology can be applied. I think it's you just think, the new you, stand. You think it should be ungendered? The new, the new venue. You don't want to put it. It could be the new it's, stadium. It's fluid. It, it probably has fluid gender. Yeah, so it, to, it could be the new um, boy girl they or something. I don't know. Yeah, the new they. Mm-hmm. The new they. Oh, I like that. Let's go with that. <laughs> That's what we'll call it. The new they. The new they. So we put out the who better than the fire up. Uh, alum- uh, not alumni. Some of them are alumni, I guess. The Fire Up Brains Trust to who should the stand be named after? Yep. So some of them I don't think took it as seriously <laughs> as they could. <laughs> so we've got um, Adam Norenbergen said Fitzy and Whipper. The Fitzy mm. and Whipper stand. Mm. I'll, I'll put a line through that. So yep. They they didn't play AFL at um, at the at the old SFS. So modified rules. Daniel Payne says Craig Coleman. Actually, no, like, we put me out to the serious one. Who, who's the other South? Craig Field. I always confuse Craig Coleman and Craig Field. I mean, I'm like I've got uh, uh, dyslexia for those two. Uh, Cam Short Dude, said it's pretty simple. Tugger doesn't. Tugger's work the field. good one. Tugger Tugger's field. the good one. Tugger Coleman. Yeah, Field's no good. Uh, Cam Short said Buzz on two different platforms. So he said Ooh. Buzz twice. Yeah, I I, I like that. I think that, you know, the rugby league these days is nothing without the media. And it's Fertile Gray and Buzz Rothfield. I kind of like that idea. And he did write an article saying, thank you, Daily Telegraph readers. With your support, I was able to um, make sure that the stand is not called the Garrison. And if the outcome is that the Garrison stand, so named, has renamed not the Arthur Beetson stand, but the Phil Buzz Rothfield stand, then I think we are progressing in our game. Yeah, but I can, I can reveal here exclusively that... The Western Stand, the new Western Stand at Shark Park, is going to be the Phil Buzz Rothfield Stand. Oh, right. Well, you can't, you can't double up, can you? No. Here's my problem with naming a uh, stand after Buzz, is that every time he goes to a game, he writes a story about it, which is like, what, once every three years? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, he got caught out on 360. He said, oh, it's great down there. I haven't been there since 2016. And they go, what do you mean? He goes, oh, sorry, 2019. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Number upside down. Mm. Uh, you guys might need to help me here. Brad McKee says Charlie Frith. Good South player. Good South player. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know him. Uh, if he, he... I, I, I like the idea of a not well-known player who hasn't achieved as much as many other people in the game. Being I love recognized. where you're going. I love yeah. where you're going. So you're saying the Sam Williams stand. <laughs> exactly right. You know those two soldiers on the Anzac Bridge. Oh yeah, you know, one like, Kiwi, one one Australian, right. and, yep. and and they're not nobodies. They're they're everybody. Yes. Charlie Fritz stand. Why not? The everybody stand. Well, good work, Brad McKee, club leader. So then we go into uh, big events that happened at the SFS. So uh, Bad at Grill, who I think is uh, TNN, 
said JWH's elbow. That was a bit, a bit of a mainstay there. Mm. SBW's shoulder. I mean, I would add Radley's shoulder, but he's in the outlaw aid, so I don't know if we can celebrate that. It'd be good. That, I'd like the JWH elbow because there's Forrest elbow at the Bathurst yeah, motor vehicle okay. race, and it's the only elbow I know in sport, so it'd be quite good to have another thing named after an elbow. Uh, Ronson Blake says Nate Miles' head. That might be a that might be a spot at Suncorp. Yeah, also it's only a thirty thousand seat stadium. <laughs> that's you, right. You want to have something bigger. Yeah, maybe yeah, it's yeah. even forty. But yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's that's it's not big enough. The stadium is not big enough. Maybe if they have a re- rebuild Accor Stadium, that the Night Mile stand will get a run there mm. with that big new screen. That'll be the Night Mile screen. The Night Mile's forehead screen. screen. <laughs> just project, just project on LED that massive three screen. Just get his on, actual on head a, on a facade of Night Mile's head, and the screen is just the forehead, yeah. right? And then everyone sits in the in the, the jowls, in the cheeks. And That's the jowls. terrific. Uh, Dave J says Steve Maven. Yes. So what would that be? The southeastern corner. Yeah, where he mm. um, lost the ball diving for the try, right? Yeah. Uh, a few other. Isn't it true he was benched? And actually left the ground. No, went to the cauliflower. No, yeah. went to the cauliflower. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was thinking about some other big events, so maybe like the Chico. I think Chico, is that the same corner as Chica. Steve Maven? Chico. Ch- the Chico Ferguson corner. Sorry, not corner. James Seguiaro. <laughs> yeah, the Chico, the Chico Ferguson corner. No, oh, is he, that the he, same he was, corner as Steve Maven? Uh, he was closer to the middle. He actually went in, and oh, that okay. was the whole trick. Yeah. What could, about your Steve Jackson? Steve Stan. Jackson, yeah, that's the, see, other, that's the other side. See, see, I'd say that Chico was far more important. I'd, I'd be looking more like the Chris O'Sullivan stand at the northern end because that's where he kicked the field goal, which uh, a certain hooker from your team yeah. had missed several times. What, what, what about a stand called the Bill Harrigan stand for the uh, oh, the offensive the Bill Harrigan stand? Yeah, in the you know the play the ball. Why Gee, not? wouldn't yeah. Bill hate that? Yeah. Yeah. A stand named after him, the Ben Elias crossbar. The Ben, <laughs> oh yeah, definitely <laughs> memorial. This is this is one of mine. Maybe the Liam Fulton stand. So what's that? That's the very opposite corner from Chica. That's throwing the intercept to yep. Sean Kenny Dale in 2010? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I don't so remember that. That's northwestern, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I believe the entire eastern stand should be called Terry Lamb's forearm. I'll have a Cronulla Sutherland mixed residential commercial development. They're not thinking broadly enough. They're talking about eight stands and naming them, and Betty Cuthbert and Marjorie Jackson are in the discussion. Every single square metre should be identified iconically. So there'd be the miracle square metre mm. where Matt Coyne uh, scores, Mark Coyne scores in the origin. That's not a try, that's a miracle. And I'm hoping the players' race that goes down, because the old SFS, the players' race was really steep, and that should be called the Brett Kenny players' race because it's impossible to go down that race without jogging. The only person, the only human who could do it was Brett Kenny. He managed to walk down that. Like, it was so steep. Couldn't you? And he managed to walk down the Brett Kenny race, it should be called. Couldn't you throw a salve to our northern cousins? Isn't that where Billy Moore said Queenslander coming down the... SFS race? Oh, geez, you'd be, you'd be a That'd bold be generous, man to call it the, the Queenslander players race. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about the Warren Smith corner? Oh. Uh, that, Adam Reynolds? That'll, you, you can take me now, I've seen it all. I think that that's the Northwestern. That would be the same one as uh, Liam Fulton. They shouldn't call it Warren Smith. They should call it the... Take me now, I've seen it all, stand. The, 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 the square metre where Mitchell Pierce finally kicked a field goal going, this doesn't happen very often. Yeah. <laughs> stand. Then there's a couple of serious ones. We have SGH39, says Steve Mortimer. Yes, I love that. Did, uh, 85. What? 85 was Except 85. that was the cricket ground, wasn't it? Yeah, the, yeah, 80, yeah, so the, 88, the, the old yeah. girl opening the 80. Yeah, the down on girl. the knees, the first series yeah. victory for the Blues was the Sydney cricket ground. Yeah. I hasten to add, I wasn't there, I don't think. Todd Slater, shot. John Quayle. 
Yeah, well, Monsignor. Yep. The architect of the modern game. Well, so he was, his PA was, had something to do with Tina Turner. That's how that came around, yeah. about, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we yeah. can call the corner that she performed in. Oh, the, in Tina, Turner, the Tina Turner. The corner. Quail Turner. The Quail <laughs> I mean, I, I, know, I know time is tight, but there is the magnificent story around that first campaign, which was not simply the best. It was what you see is what you get. And, Candy Love. Yeah, and, and Quail had organized for, Tina had one day off her recording schedule in England to do a clip with Andrew Eddingshausen because, you know, good-looking guy. And <laughs> unfortunately, Eddingshausen's team had been postponed. His match on the weekend had been postponed due to snow. So the rescheduled match, which is like a Tuesday, was being played the only day that Tina was oh, no. available for filming. So they replaced good-looking Andrew Eddingshausen's with two fine examples, one of which we've already mentioned, of rugby league horse flesh at the time to be in that campaign. And I speak, of course, of Gavin Miller and oh. Cliffy Lyons. And, Two of the greatest. And my understanding is that Miller and Turner hit it off, like, absolutely. But Lyons was just starstruck. Just, you know, he sort of went back to the complicated Icantina days and he, he, yeah. he, he wanted to talk endlessly about Phil Spector and River Deep Mountain High <laughs> and all this sort of thing. But that vision of Quail, I'm saying, saved rugby league. Saved it. Yep. Name a stand after him. Get it done. So, this is my Arara Valley axes to grind, gentlemen, and I believe it's Courtney Shapter who uh, is very excited that we're actually covering Arara <laughs> Valley Axemen in some way because it's, it's her club. It's her local club, yes. Right, and so I'm happy to give them a shout out. They have their charity d game day, and I'm guaranteeing that Russell Crowe will turn up, uh, and I imagine Sam Burgess will be there. Saturday, 2nd of April, so it's not far away. Uh, it's a gold coin donation. And I think they take on uh, tag game uh, Lismore Maris Brothers, I think, at uh, 1 p.m. and uh, the men's at 3 p.m. at the Caramba Sports Ground, the Arara Valley Axeman Charity Game Day. Now, uh, as I said, I'm very, very keen to have two axes to grind rather oh, yeah. than just the one crawly beef. Hence, it's Arara Valley axes to grind yeah, yeah. rather than Arara Valley axe to grind. Well, one of the, And look, my first uh, axe to grind is that Crawley's now doing a sort of a Michael Shamus review of the round in the Daily Astonisher of a Monday, likes and dislikes. Of course, the emphasis being Crawley. It's dislikes. Heavily on dislikes. Yeah. And I feel obligated to read it to prepare for this show, and it gives me no content whatsoever. So that's my first <laughs> extra grind. But the other is is the differential treatment on the flagship for Fox, the NRL 360, now um, uh, hosted by, in Latrell spirit, independent Braith. And you'd have no idea that he's a player, manager, and a host of a... Rugby League show. There's that's no conflict of interest you can't in that see the whatsoever. whatsoever. But have a listen when they were talking about the concussion and the uh, the impact the independent witch doctor could have at the game Tuesday last week on NRL 360. Dennis and Pat, have a listen what Braith and Nasta had to say. That, that's I poor. think the worry is too if it's a, if it's a close call and yep. it's, it's a hard one to to judge and mm. it's a grand final or a, a, you know a major semi final mm. and they make that call and he wasn't concussed. It could be. I mean, that, that's the no, concern, yeah. right? That, that, that's no, the worry. Yeah. But that's where you want, you want consistency. 
Right. General consensus that this is a brilliant insider break, even though I ground this axe last week about, <laughs> you know, it being described as a great call because we've heard it a million times before. Albert Vosso is under pressure. The very next night on NRL 360, the issues come up again in another context and have a listen what happened to Buzz Rothfield. But, Take him off because he can play course, next week. But, but I'll say this. If we're, at, if we're in a qualifying grand... Um, oh, that's seven, irrelevant. No, it's not irrelevant at all. It is. Why, and, why and do we always go, and I hate to see a grand final, just like no, well, <laughs> Mate, we've got a whole year. We've got a whole year. I don't know why right? I came in, Teddy. I'm sorry. I would hate to see round two decided by a head knock. Yeah. We always go yeah. to that as the emotional argument yeah. to try and win the argument. I hate to see Grand Final decided by that. I'm telling you, there is, dare I say, a caste system operating at NRL 360. This is clear, incontrovertible bullying. I'm blowing up about OHS issues all over rugby league. Someone needs to go in and support Buzz Rothfield. Braithen Astor says it. And everyone goes, yeah, good point, no doubt, blah, blah, blah. And, and the very, that, I quote Paul Kent in this, and the very next night, Buzz Rothfield makes the same point. He goes, it's irrelevant. Oh, we're not going to go to that well. And the voice of reason and comedy is Gordon Tallis. That's the world in which we live in. Look, it's, it strikes me that maybe Paul Kent had listened to our podcast between the two, and finally the penny has dropped. So I'll just grind that axe, protect Buzz, and we'll advance the conversation. What if there was a production meeting... What if there's a production meeting at 360 and they said, <laughs> and they, someone spoke up and said, well, what if someone's listened to, to 360 both nights in a row? And they're like, what if they did? <laughs> so imagine that. Imagine that. As if they did. Well, so if that, if that's the axe's ground, then Chris, do you have my favorite segment? Do you have any more reasons to dislike the Parramatta Eels. Yeah, and I've decided we can't go as hard as the Roosters because the Roosters have to be number one in anything. Plus, I had a, a, a letter to you know tone it down a little bit from the Parramatta Eels. And so they, we dislike them rather than hate them. But, of course, we talked about the flat track bully already a couple of times, Mitchell Moses. Yep. And he was subject to a little bit of uh, grubby treatment during mm. the game um, from the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. And his uncle, Benny Elias, has jumped to his defence. <laughs> Those atrocities... Atrocities aren't in the laws of rugby league. So technically, he's right on top, Benny. It's Mitch's well-being you worry about. Respect must be shown that players like Mitch will be targeted but don't cross the line, and it's a fine line. It's obvious he's getting all this extra attention like the great players do. <laughs> Mitchell isn't a winger. He's far from a winger, but you have to buy by the rules and protect those star players. And he goes on to describe him as a superstar. My axe to grind is, first of all, Mitch, I love you. I wish you were still playing for us. Don't get your uncle to defend you. But my main axe is that Benny Elias feels that he can convolute the English language so much as we've done on shown on previous episodes on this to describe Mitchell Moses as a great player and indeed a superstar player. That's bad. <laughs> well, I think I think that brings us neatly to a close on this third episode of Fire Up for 2022. So please join us next week and please follow. Fire up Rugby League on Facebook and Insta. Fire up NRL on Twitter. And join the Blowing Up Deluxe Facebook group and share us with your friends. I'm Dennis Carnahan. Fired up. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Chris. We'll be back next week. You two, you can't sort it out. Going, the wrong <laughs> this is your skill set. Get in, otherwise you get out the backs. Get in.